Hello, ladies. How are you? Fantastic. Does your GM look like me? No. Can he run a game like me? Yes. Do you like the smell of adventure? Do you want to visit faraway worlds and explore and or conquer alien civilizations? Do you want a GM who can entertain you with tales of grand heroics in an era of galactic conflict? Of course you do. Hyperdrive into the best game of your life by never, ever listening to the Order 66 podcast. I don't listen, and neither should your GM. I'm on a horse. Hi, this is Lass, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. It's already inspired me to run two games, and I just don't have time to run a chart. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. Execute Order 66. You're back for the 117th installment of the Order 66 podcast. I am Kaiser Soze. No, not really. Um, I am like this GM Dave dude, and like I'm uh, one of the hosts. And I forgot to mention off the top of the show, like I usually do, that this episode of the Order 66 podcast is brought to you by mapsofmastery.com and Mr. Christopher West, sponsor extraordinaire. And without further ado, I will bring on my trusty compatriot, GM Chris. I'm trusty. I'm tr- trusty. I'm so excited. Oh, this is fantastic. What is up, Gamer Nation? It's I, GM Chris. And we are returning to you now today, early this Sunday morning. Early, early. It's so early. I'm, th- I'm not used to podcasting this early. Yeah, me either. Plus, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, plus the chat room is pissing me off. Not the chat room people, the um, Ustream. Ustream. Yeah. Um, uh... I'm, I'm, I'm entirely hoping that potentially they can hear us now. I'm, I'm hoping. Yeah, but... but... Yeah, you know, hey, it, it, it's it's the way it goes when you're having the broad range of technical, uh, I know, you know, prowess that we have on this show. I know, and dude. Sp- oh, hey, you. Donovan says they can hear us now, so we're oh, happy. fantastic, we're fantastic. Happy. So for for those who may be hearing us um, for the very first time, uh, this is of course the Order sixty six podcast, the only podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars Saga Edition role playing, and. Gosh, we, we man, I'm just I'm still struggling. We, we we're doing this so early. I'm still I'm just not used to doing a podcast early, and it's all because you are going to be a turd and turd. go do something awesome tonight that I am not going to do. Turd, so, you're a oh, jerk. I'm a turd, and I hate you. Why? Uh, Why? I mean, hate is such a strong word. Hate well, we, well, leads uh, to the dark side. 
what would Getty Lee say about hate? Huh? He would probably sing a song about like like hate and like trees and Tom Sawyer and like hey, he would he would sing about trees. Yeah, like the oaks and the maples and yeah. There, you mean? Wow, I mean, wow. Yeah. So the bottom line is, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a muzzle puss today because Dave is uh, Dave's wonderful wife got him tickets to go see Rush in concert tonight as they're coming through Dallas, and uh, I don't get to go. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm just I'm just a little miff, but I, I'm I'm cool. I'm struggling with it. You know what's getting me through, Dave, is the strong argument that I should be happy for my good friend, my 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 my, my dearest friend. My co-host, the the godfather of my child, my 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 supreme pal. I should be just happy for you. Yeah, that guy. And live vicariously through you. Plus, you could like you know, like give me a concert T-shirt, and I'd be like, Oh, really? I'd, I'd be like, Wow, my my good friend Dave got me a concert T-shirt. Oh, uh, well. Uh, just you'll just have from- to. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it happens. I don't have, uh, for some reason, I don't have trees uh, right on my iTunes available. I don't know why it won't play, but I'm just having technical problems all over the place here. And yeah, and you've managed to regale us with some awesome rush. I know, but here, here's the weird, the weird thing is, you know, Ustream being a dog. It wasn't Ustream, it was actually my computer that didn't recognize the audio coming in from the soundboard. Uh-oh. Which was odd, so uh, I was doing the monologue, reconfiguring the computer all at the same time, and managed to make it work, and it was amazing. That's because you're awesome like that. Yeah, big money goes around the world. Oh, yeah. You know that Neil, the drummer, turned 58 two weeks ago. God, really? And Alex, the guitarist... Turned 57 a month ago. Ah, Neil Peart is a genius. It's a genius to say. A genius! The professor. Uh, All right. Great. Well, I am envious of you, sir, but I think our listeners should be envious because we have a really cool show for them. That's right, and we can jump right into it. Accessing. Ah, good. New acquisition. Greetings, Gamer Nation. My designation is KCK Sim, and this is your Hollow News Net update. I wanted to say hi to the 36 people that braved the early morning Sunday to join us on Ustream, and I haven't even tweeted or anything. Oh, I did. So, yeah. I'm going to tweet right now, as a matter of fact. Well, you tell us about the featured <laughs> podcast this week. Okay, well, this needs to be a joint conglomeration, dude, because, like, okay, well, obviously you know why. This week, we are featuring the rebirth of one of our favorite podcasts. Um, for those fans who have been watching, um, uh, they, they know that our podcast devoted to board gaming, Game On, is now dead. But now that it is dead, <laughs> long live Game On! Uh 
the, the podcast has basically reformatted. It's not dead. It's been reformatted. It's reformatted itself into Game On Players and Pawns. Or GoPap for short. <laughs> I, I, I suggested that he... Uh, I suggested that he change the "That's What She Says" segment into the "Go Pap Smear," but he wouldn't do it. No, that would be bad. Oh, bad. Well, okay. Well, the format's totally different now, right? Though, right? It's, it's like it's like this multi-host yes. roundtable format. Yes, it is, and it's it's more of a discussion, almost like a panel show, if you will. And yeah, it's it's a load it's a load of fun. Um, actually, we did episode seventy-one like a week ago, and Brian just released it. Day before yesterday, okay. I think uh, myself, cat, of course, fiddleback, and old school. Oh yes, wound up being the panel, and we talked uh, really scalable party games is what we talked about. And and if you don't know what that means, think about uh, my example was apples to apples. Bang is another one that. Uh, games that you play with multiple people, usually a party game, that gets more fun as you get more people involved. Werewolf is another example. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the uh, major talking points. Uh, very cool, dude. I can't wait to listen. Yes, it's fantastic. Oh, so you can catch this and all the other great podcasts we have on the network at www.d20radio.com. Okay, it's time for juicy bits of web goodness, and uh, I can't really talk about this first point coherently without squealing like a tiny four-year-old girl. Oh, so if you if you wouldn't mind. Okay, so for those of you, oh wow, there you go. Already. Thank you. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> you and your soundboard. I'm gonna strangle you. <laughs> for those of you, very serious Star Wars nerds, kind of like uh, us. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, you simply cannot let a super cool Star Wars collectible get through your fingers. So you have to go to Amazon, even though they're not a sponsor. We're going to send you to Amazon.com anyway. And do a search for the following title. The Jedi Path, colon, a manual for students of the Force. Uh. All right, this book looks incredible. All right, it's got like sound effects and the whole bit. When you open it, it looks like I, I don't know. I compare it to like a holocron, but I, you know, it, it opens and the book comes out of its little case. And anyway, basically, the thing is is a is a book that is the history of the Jedi Order and principles, written as if it was an actual tome from the history of the Jedi, the last of its kind to escape the sacking of Coruscant. You remember, you know, you see the... Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. On Star Wars The Old Republic, you know, they come in, they sack the temple. So filled with new characters and vehicles, this particular book has also had a lot of owners, like Yoda and Qui-Gon, two of the Skywalkers, that would be Anakin and Luke. Yeah. And each owner has written their own annotations into the margins, which is really kind of cool. So yeah. it, it kind of gives them, you know, the perspectives of the individual on the philosophy of the Jedi. And, I mean, Darth Sidious is in there, too. So Amazon is offering this for pre-orders, I believe, for the Vault Edition, which has this case that opens up that I was talking about earlier. And it has, you know, the Star Wars sound effects and all that. It's 99 bucks. 
but Amazon is or, or is offering it right now for sixty three bucks with free shipping. I say go. Sixty three bucks for a pre order. Go. Uh I've already pre ordered mine. Excellent Christmas present for someone you love. Oh, or just a, oh, like a Wednesday present. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to celebrate Wednesday. <laughs> I'd like to celebrate Wednesday, please. Maybe we do that in my house. Oh, gosh. Dude, this is so cool. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I know you'll, you'll be able to get it other places than Amazon, but I don't know of any place that's going to have the pre-order at that price. So, reluctantly, we pimp out Amazon. Because, um, dude, six, 63 bucks to get a $100 item with free shipping. Come on. Come yeah. on, come on, come on now. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Well, so for our next juicy bit of web goodness, I, I wanted to take the time to pimp out something um, that that I wanted to really pimp out. Um, pimp. Serious shout out to the really good folks at RPGnow.com and a new offering they've started selling. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and Enrique Bertrand, or Bertrand, I hope I'm not pronouncing that right, um, is better known as, as an, the Any-nominated blogger, newbie DM, and he is also a father. Uh, he's a father who wanted to get his four-year-old and other young children into gaming. Oh, and to man. that end, he designed RPG Kids. It's a cool a thing. Fa- it, it is. It's, it's this fantasy game system with very, very simple rules and narrative techniques designed to teach small children aged four to seven how to role play. Um, I picked this up from RPGnow.com, and I'm, I'm very impressed. I mean, I'm a, I'm a dad now, you know, and I, I, I dream of the day that I can get my daughter interested in RPGs, and, and this just might be the ticket. Um, if you have small ones, little kiddos, and you want to get them involved in something that fosters creativity, imagination, storytelling, and very basic math skills, which is all that's required, uh, RPG Kids is really right up your alley. Um, so just wanted to pause and give a major shout-out. Kudos to Enrique. Mad props for RPG Kids. Check it out, people. You can download the PDF for only $3 right now at RPGnow.com. RPGnow.com And now we do this. This is a Holonet News Update. I'm Luke Lowbrow. Amid a high-stakes struggle to connect with the repressed citizens of the Galactic Empire, Friday, Senate liberals turned to celebrity comedian Stephen Colbert to highlight the plight of migrant Jawa droid salesman. Ditching his prepared testimony, Colbert delivered a punchline discourse on his chief qualification as an expert on the issue, which was a 10-hour stint dressed as a Jawa droid technician catering to the moisture farmer market. After the stunt, Senator Organa said, quote, Given the Senate's low approval ratings, maybe we should invite the Glee cast to perform next. Unquote. Speaking in regards to spending his day fastening and unfastening restraining bolts on a variety of droids, Colbert said, quote, Please don't make me do this again. It is really, really hard. How am I supposed to get any work done in a sand crawler with a ceiling that's two feet shorter than I am? Where are the sand crawler safety standards? Come on, where is the funding? Representative Binks from Naboo had a negative reaction to Mr. Colbert. Quote, Colbert did a hissa bestus to be making a mockery of this a Senate. We should be having more rules to prevent buffoons and utter idiots from getting in this a Senate. Oh no, what is Misa saying? Unquote. 
In other news, the Holovision fall season kicked off this week. The following are a few of the new shows in this year's lineup. Project Ewok Runway features the indoor fashion icon Milani, who hosts this reality series where aspiring fashion designers compete for a chance to break into the grubby leather headdress industry. Band of Battle Droids is the heartwarming and inspirational tale of a group of quirky B-1 droids as they fight for the pathetic and misguided Trade Federation. The narrative centers on the experiences of the Roger Roger Company of the 2nd Trade Federation Droid Battalion. The series covers the company's construction at Bactoid Combat Automata, the Battle of the Grassy Plains on Naboo, the Battle of Geonosis, the Outer Rim Sieges, and on to the end of the war, including the General Deactivation Order issued by Darth Vader. The series will also to depict their reactivation decades later, and eventual sale to an eccentric Miami Beach club owner who incorporated them into his all-droid burlesque show where they were forced to dress as drag queens and sing Broadway classics. The reality series Celebrity Wookiee Ballet features droid ballet dance instructors who pair up with Wookiee celebrities and compete to see how many frustrated Wookiees can avoid pulling the arms off their teachers. The series frequently employs the video fuzz-out technique to ensure family audiences are not traumatized by footage of unrestrained Wookiee anatomy. This has been a Holonet News Network Update. I'm Luke Lowbrow. All right, he's back. <laughs> See, that's the almost almost went with the Wookiee Lederhosen. I love it. Wow. And that is the way we enter the docking bay. D20 docking bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Ah, uh, yes, the D20 Docking Bay. You send us questions, we give you answers. Oh, Email, forum, Skype, voicemail, which we have one, and uh, lots of other things. GM Dave at d20radio.com. GM Chris, d20radio.com. Check out the forums. Skype us. d20radio.com slash forums. Yeah. So. Or the loser line. Yes, I forgot the loser line. Voicemail. 206-600-5872. So, this week. And thank you all for the bumpers, the liners. we got some awesome liners. Oh, yeah, that's right. Last, we have a liner from you. And Ron, we have a liner from you at the end of the show. And Ron's is a slice of awesome. Oh, yeah. Just wanted to say thanks. Oh. All right, so first off, we have a question from Alex. Huh. He wants to know, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. In the Saga Edition rulebook, it said something about taking 10. Why would you want to take 10 if you don't know the DC of something? Wouldn't it just be better to roll a D20? You know, that's a very good basic question right there. And lots of people may be wondering, why why do you take 10? Yeah. Um, Well, to tackle the end of that question first, I think it's important to note that many of the skill DCs are known to the players. I mean, they're in the book. (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah, I heard about like, that. Like the basic skill uses, you know. I mean, uh, a character knows that the treat injury DC for first aid is a DC fifteen. A character knows that the mechanics DC to jury rig a ship is a DC twenty five with plus five bonus for using a toolkit. I mean, that's there. It's in black and white. It's in the core player rulebook. Um, 
And sometimes, Alex, when you do the math, you you know you will succeed if you take a 10, but you will not succeed if you roll poorly. So, I mean, for example, I got let's say I got a medic. He's got a plus 10 to treat injury. I got a wounded character. Needs some first aid. As a medic, if I roll, I could roll low, four or less, and simply fail the check altogether, wasting a med pack. But if I take 10, I'm guaranteed a roll of uh, 20 total, which would succeed. Uh, a character attempting to jury rig a down starfighter in the midst of a heated space combat who only has a plus 10 to his mechanics roll, but does have his toolkit with him, probably won't want to risk rolling and getting less than a 10. Um, if that were the case, he'd have wasted a full round action and you know, remain a sitting duck. Taking 10 ensures that he'll meet the DC-20 and jury rig his ship to get to safety. Yeah. Uh, um, it's important to note that taking 10 takes, unlike taking 20, taking 10 takes no more time than a normal roll. So in such situations, it can be much more preferable to rolling. However, Dave. However, can, Chris. Can you, can you always take 10? Um, no. Not no. if you're like in combat or threatened, distracted. Precisely. You know, you can't do that. You have to be kind of just able to take 10 with time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, is in not, not in any type of threatening, distracting situation, as you said. I mean, so for most people, taking 10 is really only a viable option outside of combat. Um, that's important to note. And this is also the reason many players really value the talents and abilities that let their characters take 10 on certain skills, even when they are distracted or threatened, meaning that they can take 10 in combat. But it's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice. It's a safe choice. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, so. so I hope that answers your question, Dalix. Yeah. Absolutely, man. All right. So, all right. So there's a dude in the chat room that's never seen the show before. I have no idea where all these people are coming from, but I have a feeling we're on the Ustream front page. Um, have you ever heard of a uh, Star Wars themed mod for Car Wars? No. How would never. you do it? You'd have to bring God, it into the realm never, of space I've never combat. I've played Car Wars, you? but I've, I've read about it. Um, I don't know. I don't that, know. That, that's like a show topic in and of itself. I know. You'd have to use speeders. Um, you could you could probably go uh, into the realm of of space, but it, it would be a, a major change to the rules for Car Wars. A fiddleback would probably know better than me, so. Anyway, all right, so just trying to remain interactive here to all these new guys that just popped into the chat room. Got to remain interactive. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a wave of the future, man. Interactive TV, dude. All right. So we got a question from Trotter. Mr. Dr. Trotter. Phone call at the Jockey Club. Dr. Trotter. All right. There's no way you get that. All right. Who is interested? This guy is interested in some unorthodox character action. So he says, hi, I'm playing a level 15 Jedi Master in my first campaign. of uh, Yeah, and he's having a blast. But he has a frustration. Because I'm pretty hard to hit, I rarely get to use negate energy or channel energy to activate a force power when it isn't my turn. I just want to double check. Do I have to get hit? <laughs> Can I allow myself to get hit? Uh, well, while uh, I'm asking, what do you think of the withdraw action? I hate it because tumble is rarely used. I, I take in combat reflexes, but because our GM, who is good, don't get me wrong, is always careful to withdraw when he can, I never get to make attacks of opportunity. Sex in advance, Steven. 
we've had this question come up before as to whether or not, hey, you know, can I allow myself to get hit? And, you know, the answer yeah. is, well, why would you want to do that? Well, in his case, to use negate energy or channel energy, you, if you want to use those powers you, and you can't get hit and you want to use them, you need to get hit. Um, uh, okay. Uh, can you voluntarily get hit? Uh, according to the pure raw, the rules is written, there's no way to do it, Trotter. Uh, th- that doesn't mean you can't do it, okay? Again, the rules don't say Gungans can blink. That doesn't mean they can't, okay? Uh, I-, I think the rules don't account for it because the designers never expected anyone to want to actually do it. <laughs> right. Um, if, I was, if I was his GM, Dave, and, and, and or, you know, if you wanted to do this and I was your GM and, and you convinced me to, to cobble together a way to allow it, I don't think it would be too hard. Uh, I wouldn't say you can just get hit if you want to. Uh, I mean, even an unconscious and still target can still be missed by a poor attack roll. That doesn't make sense. Um, I'd probably simply allow you to declare yourself to be helpless, to be in a helpless state. Um, you'd remain in that state until the start of your next turn. And uh, helpless, as defined in the core rulebook, um, while you're helpless, your dex is treated as having a score of zero. So that would turn your dex modifier from whatever it is into a straight minus five. And that would most likely seriously reduce your reflex defense. I mean, because what? If he's a level 15 Jedi Master Dave, he's probably got a dex of what? 14, 16? At least. So, you know, he'd be losing a, a plus 2 or a plus 3 and going directly into a plus 5. Basically, that's going to reduce his reflex defense by 8 by going helpless. Just you would, yeah, and plus, can he actually use, you know, while he's helpless, can he actually use his channel? And, uh, and well, if the intent is to use the channel as a GM, I, I would let him. I would let him do it. Yeah. I mean, basically, helpless meaning he's just standing still. He's not trying to move. He's got a dex of zero, basically. Right. Um, but you know, talk to your GM about it. See what he thinks, Trotter. That's 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 that. Now, as for withdrawal, you, you, you know, Dave, he's 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 upset about his GM for using withdrawal and you know not letting him take advantage of his uh, his combat reflexes. Yeah. Um, Withdrawal is a common action, Trotter, and I, you should use it too, but it is, it is not as versatile as tumbling, okay? Um, so don't get too angry at it. Tumbling is still better than withdrawing. You can only move at half speed with withdrawal action, okay? Not so for tumbling. I would not blame your GM for using things like he is. Uh, he's not bending or breaking the rules. This is a very common combat tactic. Uh, what you need, good sir, is a single feat, the feat Withdrawal Strike yes. from the Campaign Guide. That's it. Um, you have this feat, don't you? Um, your, your character had it. I think he had it, but I never used it because I, quite frankly, don't give people the opportunity to withdraw very often. Yeah, you really don't. He's like, ah, and I'm next to him, and he's dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But but no, it, it's it's a cool little feat. Um, it, it makes it impossible for others to use a withdraw action against you. Bottom line, slice and dice. So take a look at that. It's in the KOTOR campaign guide. That should help you out. Um but yeah, don't blame your GM for using good tactics. Just find ways to be tactical yourself. Well, there you go. Yes, the master tactician. Master tactician. Yes. So, yeah, precisely. Okay, so, Warhammer 3025. Uh-huh. How's this? I know that blasters have stun settings, as do some melee weapons and grenades. But what options do other weapons have for less than lethal damage? For example, if a Wookiee uses a mace or vibroblade, neither of which have stun damage in melee, what would be the rules for him to do non-lethal damage, or could he? 
My players have expressed an interest in bounty hunting, and several of them have weapons that simply have no stun setting. So, this is a good question. Yeah, it is. Um, gosh, you know, to start with, Dave, this, the, what, this is strictly the area of house rules, man, because, you know, by the raw, the rules is written. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would, I would it. agree. Oh, I, I love this intro. It's... Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules. You were gonna suspend the rules? Shut up, Jar Jar. Oh shit, rotted. Yeah, see. <laughs> I like Love the Jar Jar in, 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 in rendition at the end. Yeah, thank you very much. So yeah, as we say, listen, you, you can only deal non-lethal damage with weapons that are designed to do so. Okay, period. By raw. Okay, there is no way to pull your punches or to choose to deal stun damage with just any weapon. And frankly, I mean, and Dave, I'd like to get your opinion. I kind of have to agree with that. I, I have a hard time seeing a blaster which shoots a red-hot bolt of plasma dealing non-lethal damage at all. All right, put it in real life. I have a 9 millimeter pistol. I'm going to shoot you in the head. Oh, I'd like to do stun damage, please. Not going to happen. Okay, well, now someone could argue that, okay, well, you don't know, you're going you're gonna to do stun damage. You shoot him in the kneecap. You shoot him in the arm with your 9 millimeter. Well, okay, that's still lethal damage. Yeah, it still is because it could still hit the artery. Excellent. The guy could still bleed out from that. Right. He could still die. Okay, it's, right. it's not. That's if, if I, if I put a, a bastard sword in your hands and say, go hit that guy, um, oh, hey, <laughs> deal stun damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it doesn't, it doesn't quite work. I just, yeah. So the same would go for a vibro-wax in Star Wars. Um, now, some folks do use house rules, allowing a character to take, commonly, a minus five penalty to their attack roll in order to deal stun damage um, with a melee weapon. I don't really like this either, um, mostly because I think allowing anyone to deal stun damage instead of regular damage opens up a whole new set of twinked-out and broken builds for condition track movement. If you recall, Dave, stun damage, when you beat the damage threshold, moves you two steps two down the condition. Two steps, yep. So what you if I if I give Salura your Wookiee Meatwall a Vibroax and let him take a minus five on his attack roll to deal stun damage? Do you think his damage is not going to exceed damage threshold? No, it still will. In fact, I'll probably you know it'll probably allow me to make uh, a meal of your BBEGs faster because I'll have him down the condition track. Yeah, and, and uh, your for your character is a minus five to attack mean jack to you? No. <laughs> I mean, you, you take minus five off your attack for power attack anyway. Right. You know? Yeah, I just don't use the power attack. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. So it's, it's you know, that's, I don't really care for that house rule. I, I just really don't. As such, a preferable house rule I prefer is not to allow, is, is, is not to allow a player to choose, um, uh, is, excuse me, is to allow a player to choose to scale down any damage for a killing blow because like warhammer's question is he's got he's got players that are interested in bounty hunting so they want to be able to you know take people down without killing them so um you know i I like this rule let a player choose to scale down any of their damage for a killing blow jedi other characters who make use the force checks they are allowed by raw to choose a lesser dc for any use the force check they make i think the same principle applies so if a character wanted to shoot the kneecaps you know, take a target out, but not deal enough damage to beat his threshold and kill him, he would simply need to declare that fact before the attack. Um, and no matter what damage he dealt, you know, it would just be enough to reduce the target to zero. 
Right. That's it. Um, if that's too broad for you, Gamer Nation, let him do it, but at a minus five penalty to his attack roll. Call it a called shot, whatever. Um, also, Warhammer, it's worth noting for your party, the Tremor Cell, Tremor Cell upgrade from the KOTOR campaign guide lets you convert any advanced melee or exotic we- melee weapon into one that deals stun damage, even a Vibroax. And this might be the simplest solution to your problem. Hey, it might be. Get a little bit of, yeah. In fact, the chat room just, boom, came on with that. Yep, just throwing that yeah, out there. Get those, so. get those uh, stun weapons out there, yeah. yeah. Or, or, yeah, or just flat out buy, stuns, buy, buy stunning weapons. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to be reduced to Schist and Finsta. Schista, shoot the glass. <laughs> All right, so the last question from the written variety comes from Aiden. Johnny Cage. I don't know why Aiden just reminded Aiden. me of that. <laughs> Johnny Cage. Finish him, Sub-Zero. Aiden. Finish yeah, him. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's weird how my mind works in the morning. Get over here. Get over here. That's right. So, this Aiden writes, So, I think I have an idea behind kinetic combat with the line, Talents and feats that would normally enhance a weapon's use do not do so while you are using kinetic combat to wield a weapon. For example, you cannot use mighty swing or power attack while wielding a weapon. Basically, this means that you can use a basic attack or maybe a disarm, but really nothing else with a kinetic combat weapon. So I'm wondering, what's the point of Darth Treya? Treya? Treya. Treya. That's right. Darth Treya. 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 Darth Treya. What's the point of Darth Treya in the back of the book? Her picture labels her as the master of kinetic combat while she's impassively using the improved kinetic combat technique. So she's got the force power and that technique in her block. But she's also got a whole bunch of feats and talents that make her lightsaber use better. Are these just useless feats while she's using the kinetic combat? So... Huh. If that's so, then she's doing a great disservice to herself. Also, which feats fall under enhance a weapon's use? Weapon focus, triple crit, block, flurry, all of her feats, none of them? Bah! <laughs> okay, well, for those following along at home, Aiden is referring to the kinetic combat force power and the improved kinetic combat force technique found on page 51 and 54, respectively, of the KOTOR campaign guide. Um, and Dave, I don't know if how, I, I, I've never used kinetic combat because it's not too great. Are you familiar with this power at all? I'm not sure if you've looked at it. No. It it, it basically it, it you're you're using it's this force power. You activate it. You can take a weapon that you can wield in one hand and just like levitate it magically using the force, and you can wield it many many squares away from you, and you can attack and damage with it. But you use your charisma modifier for the attack and damage instead of strength. That would um, suck. Potentially. For me, you know. For you, yes, but not for a force wizard who has, a, you know, maybe a, a negative right. strength modifier. Right. Um, so, you know, that, and you can maintain the power from round to round, and, you know, and, you, know you can, you know, levitate the weapon many squares away from you, and that, that's kind of the big deal. Uh, improved kinetic combat lets you do this to three weapons at a time. <laughs> only, except you can only attack with one per round, which is kind of silly, but... Um, so there's that. Okay, Darth Treya's stats, uh, and Darth Treya from the Code, um, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 fame, uh, her stats are on one page 158 of the same book. And yeah, yeah, dude, she's pretty freaking useless, frankly. Okay, you got it right. 
you can't use any feats or talents that enhance the use of a weapon while using kinetic combat. And pretty much all feats and talents fall under that category. <laughs> uh, weapon focus, triple crit, block, flurry, uh, you know, uh, all of it. That pretty much nixes any talent or feat relating to lightsaber combat. Anything. Unusable. <sighs> it is yet another useless stat block. Um, the real benefit of kinetic combat is to allow that force user to attack and damage with charisma instead of strength. You know, maybe get a little bit of ranged combat from a melee weapon. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, the clear intent of this power limitation was to prevent brokenness by not allowing a force wizard to dump strength and dex and still become some awesome lightsaber combatant because they have this one power. The reality of the power limitation here pretty much made it nearly useless to build a character concept around. Kinetic combat, hey, it's a nice backup ability to have. It's not something to build a lightsaber combatant around. I think the designers were trying to include the awesome powers that Treya showed us in KOTOR 2, but to replicate them fully would have made broken characters. So they limited the power, and this is the result. So, yeah, that's my two cents. That's your two cents. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And you're sticking to it. Yeah. So, so do we have any other questions, sir? Uh, we have this. Hey, love the show. Woo! That's not a question. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's odd. But um, what I do have is uh, this question from, uh, well, let's just play it. Hey guys, it's GM Brev, and I just had a quick question. Just got done listening to your Vong episode, and then I'm listening to uh, the micro jump question, and something just occurred to me. GM Chris, GM Dave, if you had a force sensitive that had taken, uh, I believe it's force pilot, where he can use he can use his use the force check instead of a pilot check, and he's considered to be trained in pilot, and he gets in a dogfight with a Yuzon Vong, could he still use his force pilot in place of the pilot check for dogfighting, even though the Vong isn't affected by the force? I don't know, guys. Uh, I, I guess I can argue both sides of that, and I'd be curious to see what you both think. All right, um, that's all I got. So, uh, yeah, I am a game on minion. Wait, no. Oh, wait. I never list. No. Bye. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, thank you, Brev. Uh, actually, you know what? This was very easy for me. Uh, as he asked it, I was like, okay, it's the same principle as picking up a box with the force and throwing it at a Vong. Uh-huh. You're not using the force on the Vong. You know, you're using the force as a pilot maneuver, and so it can be used because basically, you know, for lack of a better term, it's being used in conjunction with the ship that you're piloting, not the yes. Vong. You are 100%, 10% correct, sir. Yeah. The Vong, the, the vol- I, I mean, and Brev's a huge fan of the EU. Brev, but brother, buddy, I, I, know, I know that the Yuz and Vong are, like, supposed to be immune to the Force, and we've all read the EU, and we know that, but the rules as written specifically state what the Vong are immune to. Any Force effect that targets their will, that's it. Period. End of sentence. Does a dogfight role target opposing pilots' will defense? No. Therefore, it doesn't matter. <laughs> they can use Force pilot just fine, um, at least according to the rules as written. So there. Um, now, should a, G- should a GM work it this way, Dave? 
I, I don't know. I think that unnecessarily penalizes the player in a way that wasn't. Yeah, I think it absolutely penalizes the player. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I agree with you, man. The statement you said that you're, you know, you're. Your use the force check is related to your ship, not the person you're flying. I mean, you're, you know, it's th- that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. So, right. you're using the force to guide your your reflexes and your intuition in place of years of combat of pilot training. Um, I don't I don't think that should be limited. Yeah. So. Yep. Very cool. Very nice. Thank you very much for all the questions, Gamer uh-huh. Nation. Please keep them coming. We thrive on your questions. It's one of the biggest segments of the show. Yes, it is. Yes, must need tickets to watch the show. Hey, welcome to Wattles. This is Watto for Watto's Bargain Basement. And I want you to come on down to Tatooine this week for our big special sale. Tell them Java sent you and you get a free chance cube. Uh, we got the deals for you. Come on down to Watto's Bargain Basement. Uh, what do you know? Uh... <laughs> See, that one is like my favorite intro. I mean, I, I, know, Doc, I know that the house rules is great, too. I mean, we just we have some good beds. That's just, you know. I love listening to that one every single time. I will never get tired of it. It's so much fun. Yep. All right. So, so where did you go? I mean, well, we know where you went, but what'd you get? Uh, I got something. Well, a little unusual. Um, I I want to call it insect repellent in a galaxy far, far away. Wow, you found a way to repel Watto. <laughs> oh God, if only. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if only, Dave. If only. Um, Oh man! So, are you familiar with the subsonic field emitter? Um, my wife says I have a subsonic field emitter, but that's usually something else. No, that, that, that's bad. It's something else. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> uh, listen. Depending on your GM, which you, you may encounter lots of dangers on wild and uncharted worlds, not the least of which is pests. And the subsonic field emitter is this small device um, found on page 42 of the Unknown Regions. Um, it is a boon for wilderness scouts. It's a device of convenience, a uh, device for stranded adventures and campers across the galaxy. And when activated, it, it emits a subsonic pulse attuned to the nervous systems of non-sentient insects and other vermin. Um, extending its field out to a six-meter radius, uh, which is four squares, uh, no tiny or smaller creature with an intelligence of one or two can willfully enter the field. So for a mere 120 credits, Dave, and weighing at only uh, two-tenths of a kilo, why would you not get this? Just to give your character a nice piece of comfort. Yeah. When was the last time I had bugs bothering me in a Star Wars Saga edition game? Okay, so you guys remember when you landed uh, in my Altered Universe game on, um, on Yavin 4? Yeah. And, you know, like, b- before you had your whole big gladiatorial combat with the uh, primitives, um, you guys were searching through the jungle, and one of the nastier encounters you guys had was with a piranha beetle swarm. Oh, yeah. Oh, would, yes. this, have keep, would this have kept it away? Well, piranha beetles are small beasts. Uh, the swarm itself is a small beast with an intelligence of one, according to the stats I wrote oh, up. Oh, wow. So, simply awesome. turning it on, boom, and they can't get to you. 
Wow, that would have been great. So, hey, you know, it's it very situational in terms of combat. I mean, but it can, it can guard against swarms and, of bugs and threats on jungle worlds, you know. Um, but the field can affect small animals from across the galaxy. So, it really, it, it kind of depends on your GM in terms of how he likes to throw things at you. Right. Um, but, you know, for 120 credits and the size, I mean, the, the, thing, the thing is the size of your thumb... Um, it's very cheap. It's kind of a cool role-playing thing to have, too, as well. You know right. what I mean? So run out today and get the silent but deadly some subsonic field emitter. Yes. I, I don't know, man. I can just see a noble, like a stuffy noble character, like keeping one on these at all t- uh, keeping one on at all times. You know what I mean? Of course. Um, yeah, it could be great for some, for some good plot development and, uh, you know, could find the occasional use here and there. Absolutely. All right, we're going to stop now before we get into the meat of the show for Fragments from the Rim and Darth GM. And so listen to two minutes and 25 seconds of sheer glory. My lords, welcome to Fragments from the Rim. What is thy bidding, my masters? All right, line up, rookies. I'm Darth GM, and I'll be your instructor for episode 62 of Fragments from the Rim. I'm about to start up a new campaign set in the Clone Wars era, and two of the PCs are playing clone troopers. They both just happen to pick the same talent at level 1, It's from the Clone Wars Campaign Guide, and can be found in the Soldier Talents section on page 26. The talent they both chose is Comrades in Arms. The talent states that when you are within three squares of an ally, you get a plus one circumstance bonus on all melee and ranged attack rolls. Not bad, especially when one thinks about the game. More often than not, the clone troopers will be within three squares of at least one ally in combat, most likely each other. It's not a kick-ass, oh my god, I have to take this talent, but it does gateway to some other useful talents. And if carried through to the logical conclusion, this talent can work nicely with several others. For example, the next talent up the chain is Focused Targeting, which states, when you damage a target with a melee or ranged attack, all allies within three squares gain a plus two bonus on damage rolls against the target until the beginning of your next turn. Now I'm going to make the assumption that the ally needs to be within three squares of you, not within three squares of the target. This is nice, because if these two guys have this talent, if they keep shooting the same target, they're giving each other the plus two bonus damage, and they can mow through each individual enemy faster. If the campaign makes it to level eight, I can see these guys looking at the Republic Commando talent tree from the Elite Trooper class, also found in the Clone Wars campaign guide. Two talents in particular really leap out at me. With shoulder to shoulder, they'll be getting bonus hit points equal to their heroic level at the beginning of each turn if they're adjacent to another ally. With strength in numbers, their damage reduction is increased by plus two if they're within ten squares of an ally. Now, on a slightly related matter, all these talents mix very well with the Brute Squad talent tree from the Legacy Era campaign guide. Now, that talent tree is more fitting for melee fighters and doesn't offer much for these guys with their ranged attack heavy characters, but if you and a fellow PC are building melee fighters for a game and looking at talents from the Brute Squad talent tree, take a look at the Trooper talent tree for soldiers as well. Get some cross-era synergy going and really wall up that BBEG. At ease, Gamer Nation. If you have any questions, contact me at d20darth at gmail.com. Until next time, 20 side up, 1 side down. You have been listening to Fragments from the Rim and Transmission. Mm, cross-era synergies. Mm. I'm on the Brute Squad. You are the Brute Squad. Oh. <laughs> What does that mean?
What it does means, that mean? It means epic territory tonight, Gamer Nation. Epic. Why? Why, Dave? Why? It's, Why? It's the last. It's the it's last the prestige class. Tonight is the last prestige class discussion. Uh, why is this the last prestige class discussion? Be- because this is really the only one prestige class we haven't covered yet. And, and by golly, we're going to cover it. So, uh, as, as you've requested. So, um, tonight we're going to take a look at a master of observation and advanced tactics. A character who keeps hidden and ferrets out his, ferrets out his enemies, uh, turning that knowledge into deadly accuracy. We're going to talk about the scout's scout, the vanguard. Uh, as we'll see, the Vanguard is a well, its an interesting option for a player who likes to keep to the shadows, strike with efficiency, and keep himself and his allies in the know on the battlefield. So grab your rucksacks, your camouflage ponchos, your electro binocs, and turn to page 46 of the Clone Wars campaign guide as we prepare to scout out the Vanguard. The Vanguard. The Vanguard. So okay, let's let's talk about the basics here, Dave, of the Vanguard before we get into the into the hardcore details here. Um, now the Vanguard itself, as we'll see, it, it's not really a, a standout prestige class. It's not, oh man, I can't wait to be a Vanguard. You know, we don't have a lot of people saying that very often. So it sucks. <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. Oh, okay, okay. It, you know, it's not standout, but it doesn't suck at all. It, it is a very specific role for a very specific character type, and the right player can dominate with this class. Let's talk about the basics of how to get there. Yep. Okay. Oh, Pre-rex, dude. Oh, yeah. Hit me up, man. I was about to say, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Seventh level. Woohoo! Dude, that's the last time we have to groan and say, let me guess, seventh level. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, all right, so uh, train skills that you'll need for the Vanguard. Basically, perception, stealth, right? Yeah. We're talking yeah. about scouts and sneaking. So, sneak around the battlefield gather intel yeah you know yeah that goes right in hand with that have a no-brainer yeah so uh talents right prerequisite for talents um any two talents from either of the scouts uh camouflage talent tree that's right (laughs) or the commando talent tree for the soldier will work oh that's pretty versatile actually it is it uh, provides a, a great deal of versatility as you say and uh so basically what what do you want to say here the what bottom line what yeah uh, i mean yeah the what what's the what so so what give me the so what it's 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 pretty obvious that you need to go with scout probably as your preliminary um, class levels because it gets you the sc- the skills and the talents that you need and and then some builds can give you uh, some amazing functionality with a few soldier levels mixed in or scoundrel, and we'll come to some of that later. So you need to be able to do whatever you can to trick out stealth and perception as much as possible. Skill focus goes absolutely without saying. Dex or wisdom should probably be your best stat, and invest in any gear you can to increase stealth and perception modifiers and there's some gear out there that can do it yeah so okay uh class features all right let's talk about the nuts and bolts man um hit points dude you got a d10 hit die not bad dude that's great that's awesome um 
it's excellent. I mean, this will almost always be a step up for you, especially if you're coming from Scout. Um, dude, full base attack bonus. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Again, this will all probably almost always be a step up for you. Um, the outward benefits of this prestige class are very combat-oriented, and you get a nice base attack bonus to go with it. Um, defenses, you get a plus four to fort, plus two to reflex. Um, kind of, you know, similar to a soldier with the whole fort high, dexterity, or, you know, a reflex low um, defense strata. Uh, this is less useful for the ranged combatant um, that you're going to end up being, but... You know, we don't want to make this too overpowered. So yep. it, is, it is what it is. Um, and lastly, Surprise Attack. Uh, surprise Attack is the even level ability for the Vanguard. It's pretty nice. Uh, very much in the flavor of this sneaky scouter type guy. So whenever you attack a target who is unaware of you or otherwise denied their dexterity to reflex, you gain a bonus equal to one half your class level, rounded down, of course, on the first attack you make against that foe in a, in a given round. So, basically, you attack from hiding, boom, you get a massive bonus to hit. Boom. That not just bad. happened. Not, not bad. That, that, that just happened. And, like, when we, when we get into this, we'll see, I, I envision the Vanguard as kind of like a, like a Marine Recon, you know? Or like, uh, you know, Recon Sniper. You know what I mean? And all the visibilities kind of center around that. You know, stay hidden, strike hard, strike quickly. You strike know. hard, strike fast. No mercy, sir. Thank you, Cobra Kai. No problem. So yeah, that's kind of what I see it as, and we'll as as we'll get there. Okay, so let's Dave. Let's talk about the Vanguard's meat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we have a talent. I think we have a show title. Uh, well, yeah, perhaps. Um, so, okay, let's talk about what differentiates the Vanguard from all the others. The, the meat of the prestige class, the talents, okay? Uh, the Vanguard has access to the Scouts' awareness and survival talent trees, which is handy, uh, as well as the brand new Vanguard talent tree. We, because we can't have a prestige class without a talent tree to go with it. <laughs> uh, that would be correct, sir. I'm, I'm glad, yes, yes, you are, you are correct. Um... So the Vanguard talent tree is kind of cool, Dave. It, it's got some varied talents within it, and it it really represents your expertise in the art of scouting enemy formations and practicing stealth and combat guile. Uh, the chat room is already buzzing about how they make their NPC squads really nasty with enhanced vision. Well, dude, hit us up with it. What's it? What's enhanced vision? So enhanced vision, basically, when you're actively looking for hidden enemies. You can make a perception check as a swift action instead of a standard action. So, Oof. yeah, this is the best talent for taking on people just like you. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's why they're yeah. saying the GMs are, you know, making some nasty use of it. So, as we've covered before, finding a foe shooting at you from a nice, uh, from a nice hidey hole is not very easy sometimes. So, you know... It, it it takes the better part of a round to find someone, so not anymore. Yeah, force users can couple this with sense surroundings and be absolutely deadly. That is, ooh, that's true, dude. Because awesome. sense surroundings is a swift in and of itself. Yeah. So what we're talking is about two swifts to be able to ignore cover and concealment, and then make your perception check as a as a now swift that's action a swift. instead of standard. Yep. 
Rock and giving fire. Giving you standard left over to activate a force power or rock swing and fire. With rock and fire, man. Dude, that's awesome. Excellent. Yeah, enhanced vision, very cool. Definitely a cherry of the talent tree. Um, it is also a prereq for the next talent, triangulate. Uh, the triangulate's an unusual one. It's a versatile one. Okay, <clears throat> the, the, the language is a little confusing, and I've talked to some people that have been confused as to what exactly it does, so I, we're gonna, I'm going to try and clarify it. Triangulate. When you and at least one ally have a line of sight on a foe, okay? Once an encounter, you or any ally that can hear and understand you, not necessarily having line of sight to the foe, like, like you know, being, you know, like that, but you or any ally that can hear and understand you can re-roll one ranged attack against that foe. That's it. That's all it is. It's a once-an-encounter re-roll of a ranged attack, bottom line. But the trigger is you and an ally have to have line of sight to triangulate. And the cool part of it is its versatility because you can choose to apply this to yourself or to any ally that can hear and understand you. So unlike most once-an-encounter re-rolls, it has that level of versatility allowing you to apply it to either yourself or an ally. And that is highly valuable. Because you know, maybe I want to take the shot, or maybe I want the uh, you know the Mandalorian with the heavy repeating blaster to be able to reroll his shot. Yeah, that guy. You feel me? I feel you, bro. Bra. You feel me, bra? So yeah, it, it, it's it's a very versatile talent. A little unusual, but very versatile. So. All right. Cool, dude. So the next one is a magazine cover. I I, I, I oh I don't wait think, no I'm sorry I'm rereading it I'm, I'm misreading it maximize cover. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, you don't so. want to be on the cover of a magazine. Yes. So. All right. So this is uh, arguably our best, ta- our, our most favorite talent in the tree. Yeah. So aside from uh, its normal benefit, it's also a prerequisite for a couple of more talents that we're going to discuss here in a second. But any good ranged combatant knows the value of cover, and they can use it well. So for such characters, a simple aim action can absolutely piss in their post-toasties. Pretty much. Yeah. So, not now. Ha ha. So, Maximize Cover lets you attempt to negate and aim on you. All right? Let me say that again. Attempt to negate and aim. So, when you have cover and someone aims to negate the cover bonus, you can react with a stealth check. React with a stealth check. Opposed by their initiative, and if you exceed... You maintain your cover bonus. That is awesome. How about Dude, that? You know, I like I mean, this because of how I see it playing out. You know, if you, if you, if you, do you mean do you follow me with this? Yeah, if you've maximized your stealth, you should be able to beat someone's initiative easily, easily. But like, I could see like you like being behind cover and like them like taking the time to draw a beat of sight on you and aim, and like you see they're going to aim, and you're like, whoa, and you make a stealth check to like duck back behind your cover once again. But then they're trying to oppose it with how fast they can get the shot off, you know? Right. And that's the initiative, dude. I I, I think this that's... is a, a creative rule. It's well written. It is. Um, I love this talent. I love it. Yep. <clears throat> Plus, as you said, sir, it is a prereq for the next two talents we're going to talk about. The first of which is uh, impenetrable cover. Ah. Um, not bad. When a foe attacks you and you have cover from that foe, you gain DR, damage reduction, equal to your class level against that foe's attack. That's it. Simple but powerful. You translate cover into DR. 
That so is. Even if, you get, even if you get hit, the cover absorbs some of the damage, basically. Yeah. As Dude, you get higher right. in your Vanguard class, that's just Dude, that yeah. much more powerful. So, yeah. Yeah, what? I mean, what? A 10th level Vanguard. Yeah, I'm going to take cover. Oh, got DR10 from this guy. Boom. God, <laughs> come on. That's <laughs> awesome. Boom. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. The other one that it's uh, that maximized cover is a prereq for is Invisible Attacker. Oh. <laughs> so when your target's unaware of you, your ranged attack deals plus one die of damage. Yes, an extra die of damage. Holy freaking load of crap. That's huge. All right, that's, yeah. So it doesn't make sneak attack look near as awesome anymore, but still. Man, yeah, I love the whole extra die of damage thing, dude. It, you you can't go wrong with that. It's awesome, and especially if you're wielding a big gun. <laughs> or yeah, I mean, what if you are uh, invisible attacker with deadly sniper? Yeah, plus two dice. Yeah, and you're you're set. It's yeah, yeah it, it's great, dude. I I, yeah. I, love, I love talent. It's a wonderful talent. Thank you very much. Well done from the chat room. Good job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the last three talents in the tree are kind of related. Um, the first one is Mark the Target. Uh, this is an odd talent, and it lets you really help an ally out. So when you damage a foe with a non-area ranged attack, so in other words, you can't switch on the auto-fire, throw a grenade, just a regular old ranged attack, you can, as a swift action, designate one ally. That ally treats the damaged foe as being flat-footed against the first attack they make before your next turn. Ah, oh, yes. You have suddenly become the scoundrel's bestest friend. Uh, not to mention making a tough target simply easier to hit. Yep. Um, dude, very cool. And there's, there's no cost. It's, it's a swift action. Boom, I hit you. Swift action. You're flat-footed against him. <laughs> That's, you know, no force point, no nothing. Just boom. There you go. Yeah. Done. Boom. Goes to that's, that's, that's excellent. Excellent. Yep. And in the same vein, soften the target works exactly the same way as mark the target does, but instead of the ally you designate uh, as treating the foe as flat-footed, the ally ignores DR or SR the target has until your next turn. So, dude, now you've become the pilot's best friend. Ignoring uh, DR or SR, dude. Yeah, is that is that not the ultimate space combat talent? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you recall in our last Alt U game when you guys had that space battle and you were fighting some. Uh, I think it was the the Imperial shuttle had some pretty nasty SR and DR, and you guys yes. were like, "Dude, what the heck?" Yeah, I know it was very hard. <laughs> or you know, but you got you guys were flying X wings and you had some pretty cool SR and DR, and those were that was saving your butts in yes, some it cases. Was. Yes, it Can was. Can you imagine if somebody was just able to take that away? That would be bad. <laughs> it would be very bad. <laughs> um, it'd be very bad. Well, uh, the last town in this tree is Shell Shock, and it has softened the target as a prereq. Um, but this this is worth it. Shell Shock says whenever you damage a foe with an area attack, very important. When you damage a foe with an area attack, and the foe is unaware of you. The foe is automatically considered completely flat-footed to everyone until the start of your next turn. So what does that mean? It means that, you know, this guy doesn't know you're here. 
you hit him with an auto fire attack, and all of a sudden he goes, "Whoa, what was that?" And he's totally flat footed against all members of your party, against everyone really, until the start of your next turn. That is a big deal. A burst of auto fire from hiding, and dude, it's auto fire or a grenade. It will damage them. It will, as long as you hit at least a ten. Okay. And they're flat-footed. This is almost too good because it's very hard not to accomplish that. At this level, you darn sure better be hitting a 10, okay? Damn tootin'. Yeah. <laughs> okay, at this point, you are at least, at least 10th level, okay? Wow. To get shell shock. Dude. You, know, you better be hitting a 10. That, so. yeah. So bring it, bring it together for us, my man. Okay, so what do we do with this prestige class? We've covered this stuff. What kind of cool builds can make your GM shake in his boots, give your NPCs the clout to strike fear into the hearts of players? As usual, we've got two highly valid builds for you, and we're going to get into them. Dave, I want you to hit us up with our very first build, please. Ah, uh, yes. This would be called the Spotter. This is a little bit of an unusual build. focuses on combat support more than anything else. And the spotter is your epitome of a recon scout. So using battlefield observation and tactics to aid allies, frustrate enemies. So, what do we need to get there? How do you get there? Yeah. The journey starts, of course, with scout. Train in stealth, pick up two talents from the surveillance talent tree. Spotter and advanced intel. Great talents. All right, yeah. They're all about using your perception to grant allies bonuses. But after that, the best route uh, to go will have at least three levels of soldier in it. So, as a spotter, you're often in the thick of combat, and, you know, the soldier's hit die and base attack bonus really are the great benefits there. So, two talents from the commando talent tree that will not only satisfy all your prerequisites, but fit into the spotter build really, really well are battle analysis and cover fire, which let you uh, sniff out damaged foes Mm -hmm. and provide tactical defensive support. So your seventh level can be scout or soldier with acute senses, guidance, indomitable, and uh, keep them at bay. All very good choices there. Dude, I think battle analysis is highly underused. That's the one where you can make the, 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 DC 15 knowledge tactics checks and tell which foes are at below half their hit points. Yeah. Because you, you know you've been playing and it's like, okay, well, okay, who's been damaged more? You know? Yeah, <laughs> and we're trying to figure that like, out in metagaming. You're metagaming. And a GM who's worth his salt will, you, or who is not a fan of that will be like, I don't know. You don't, how do you know? What's a hit point? You know? um, this lets you know that. Yeah. What's a hit point, man? <laughs> What's a hit point? Yeah. Uh, so that's all good. Okay, what about feats oh, when you get in? Oh, indeed. Skill focus, perception, absolutely essential. Mm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the abilities you are going to rely on um, rely on you actually hitting uh, or damaging a foe. So point blank and precise shot, very important. Mm. Consider rapport. Oh, you know? yeah. So, you know, as, as, a, as a support character, it's a very good feat that you can have and... Um, additionally, the um, covert operatives and, and wary sentries feats are good options too, allowing you know you to, you to boost uh, an ally's use of the skills that are very common to you. That's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. Those feats aren't used very often. That's good. Yep. Okay. So once you make it, you know, we've got you to seven, right? Uh-huh. I think that's where you were about to go. We've got oh, you yeah, to yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. so now you're your vanguard. Uh, the focus here now is aiding your allies through combat and uh, reconnaissance actions. So. 
Your own actions are going to help your allies, and this really leads to um, enhanced vision and triangulate that are very, uh, you know, spotter-esque abilities that uh, will help you, one, you know, identify the threats, and two, boost your uh, allies' attacks. So the most powerful aid you can give comes in the form of mark the target, soften the target, and shell shock, we just talked about. Awesome. So the uh, ability to soften up your foe, make them easier to hit, that's boom. That's what it's all about right there. Yeah. This is a, this is a cool build. It's unusual for a scout. It's it's one of those things if you I don't know, if you like playing that character who really likes to hide in the shadows and take that support role, you know? Um Yep. Very cool. Well, the second build we're going to get into uh is one we're calling the entrenched sniper. And ah. this this guy is about one thing and one thing only. Cover. Uh, to quote a line from one of my favorite films, he digs in like an Alabama tick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it uses his cover to frustrate enemies in lots of ways and to become invisible. Uh, the entrenched sniper attacks from the shadows, stays put, as secure in his hidden vantage point. He does not aim very often, unlike normal sniper builds, uh, but he has other tricks up his sleeve. <clears throat> so, um, getting there. Once again... Your journey starts with the scout. Yeah. But of course. Um, you are all about being unnoticed by using cover. Remember, cover, cover, cover. You must have cover or concealment in order to stealth in the first place. Uh, you relish the bonus to stealth that cover gives you, and you attack from a distance. You use your cover to perform snipe. If you recall, snipe is one of the uh, basic applications of the stealth skill. As such, the scout talent hidden attacker from KOTOR Campaign Guide. Essential. It lets you re-hide after you snipe as a swift action. Normally that requires a move. Okay? Big deal. Uh, other than that, the camouflage talent tree is everywhere you want to be. Grab improved stealth, hidden movement. Makes you an amazingly stealthy character who can get to cover quickly. Uh, that opens up also the Shadow Striker talent for a whole bunch of once-of-encounter options. Or grab the little-used and totally awesome Slip-By talent, which lets you replace your reflex defense with a stealth check against attacks of opportunity. <sighs> that is awesome. I used this in some NPCs in my um, um, uh, Treasure of Abin Moor module recently, uh, where you know these, these, these sniper scout dudes had it. And so, you know... Uh, you know what? I, I don't feel like withdrawing. I want to w- run away from you at six full squares and then shoot you. Well, you're going to provoke an attack of opportunity. Okay. Um, uh, what's your reflex defense? Uh, that doesn't matter. My stealth check is 32. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <coughs> love it. Uh, either way, sticking with camouflage also qualifies you for the prestige class. Very important. Very, very important. A single level in Scoundrel to pick up Dastardly Strike is also an excellent choice for this build. Oh, yes. You know, you're, you're going to be attacking from hiding. They're going to be flat-footed against you ostensibly. Move them down the condition track. Down one with you. Sneak attack, not a very good choice. Why, might you ask? Because sneak attack has a limitation on its range. You can only use sneak attack when you're within six squares of somebody. Right. That would be bad for this particular character. Right. <laughs> you, you, you are a ways away behind cover shooting. So you're not within six. If you're within six squares, you're doing something wrong. Bad. Uh, feats. Uh, skill-focused stealth. That goes without saying. As, as you said earlier, Dave, point blank, precise shots. I mean, any ranged character needs those. 
Um, followed by cunning attack. Okay. Again, you're attacking from cover. Uh, and you're attacking from, from hiding. Okay, use that. From there, focus on feats that boost or rely on the cover that you're going to be cultivating. Trench Warrior. Love that feat. Advantageous cover. Republic Military Training, if your GM will allow it. Um, since you won't be aiming much, uh, Sniper is also a great feat to help you deal with foes who have cover of their own. There you go. Uh, once you're there and you make it to Vanguard, your priority is to focus on being a sneaky foe. Maximizing your ever-present cover. Uh, this immediately leads to maximized cover. <laughs> Uh, followed by impenetrable cover and invisible attacker. In play, this character is constantly sneaking around. You know, in combat, they, they hunker down as quickly as they can and silently and invisibly move to the nearest point of cover. They dig in, they stay there, and they love it. Each shot is an invisible one with a snipe application of stealth keeping you hidden after every single attack. If you play this right, they'll never know you're there. And even if they do find you, you can use your cover to keep nearly any attack from touching you. So, there you go. That's a right on, man. That's a solid right on. That is. Oh, solid right on. Well, dude, that's, that's the Vanguard. Um, I hope that gives you guys some ideas. You can use it well. And, Dave, that's the last of our prestige class discussions. I know. Can you believe we've actually covered them all? That's kind of crazy. Um, the chat room was asking, crazy. did you really do them all, man? Well, we, really, really did, we really did do them all. We really did. 117 um, episodes. We have run the gamut. Yes, and now we get to return to the core classes that we covered like the first ten episodes, since you know there was only like two books out at the time we did that. <laughs> ah, yes. So you're saying and a reboot is in the offing? A serious reboot for the core classes in the offing. And, Look at that! Um, you answered you answered a question before it actually came in to the chat. What? That was so funny because Rakesh put in. So do we get a core class reboot? And you, we were just saying right then, boom, we're going to do a reboot. So yeah, yeah, we we really we really are. But you know, Dave and I were talking about this chat room, and and it's one of those things where we can't do like I I I, I cannot do show notes for a, a a scout reboot in one episode. It's not possible. There's too many talents. So literally, it's going to be something not quite ultimate builds, but along the line of of okay, let's talk about playing a sneaky scout. Let's talk about playing a sniper scout. Let's talk about playing a yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, because um, you can't do a well-rounded scout reboot. You've got to... Dude, it would take three hours. Yeah. It, it just, there's just that much material. So, you know, let's talk about playing a healing Jedi. Let's talk about playing a support Jedi. Let's talk about playing a lightsaber Jedi. Let's talk about playing a force wizard Jedi. It's, um, you know, really, we only have the time to do one or two trees at a time. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, we're going to do three shows, basically. Probably three shows for every class uh, reboot. At least reboot. There's, there's still a lot more to do. Also, one thing that uh, on the forums um, somebody pointed out recently that we have been remiss in talking about, and I would like to, are the droid talent trees, um, which are you know, just unique to droids. Um, also, the force talent trees. We have, you, know, you realize we've hardly spent any time on like, non-Jedi force talent trees? No. I mean, there's a lot of Force traditions out there. Yeah. We haven't covered yeah. hardly any of them. That's true. Um, we've had you. requests for shows dealing with a Force tradition. That in and of itself is probably about 15 or 16 shows. Uh, <laughs> we do one on each Force tradition. Um, so, yeah, it, it's coming. But bit by bit, we're going to give you the information you need to make the most awesome characters ever. Yes, yeah, so we foresee having plenty of shows to get to episode 200 sometime in 2012. <laughs> I'm I'm shooting frankly for December twenty first, twenty twelve. Oh, we got to have a show on that day. It's Absolutely. The, it's the and and we'll we'll uh, intro with um, like I don't know. What do you think? We'll change up the whole show, 
and we can do REM. You know, it's the end of the world as we know it. And <laughs> but I feel fine. That's right. But I feel fine. Oh, yes. Ah. Love it. But we'd like to hear what you guys want us to talk about because the point is we have a lot to talk about. The question is what order we do, do we talk about it in next? Should we tell them what we're doing next week? I don't know if we should. Um, go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, thanks to a listener request, a uh, question that we got in, we're going to be talking about something a little unusual. We're going to be talking about taking the Saga Edition rule set and using it to play games that are not Star Wars. Hmm... Very interesting. A lot of people like myself who believe this is the greatest RPG system ever created are eager to use it in any other types of games. So we're going to talk about taking the Saga rules and how to do quick reduxes to make it viable for a a fantasy campaign or a modern campaign or a non-Star Wars sci-fi campaign or horror, perhaps, um, and ways to use it in other uh, stratas of of gaming. Yeah. So th- that's exciting. But you know, beyond that, what are we going to talk about next? I don't know. It's up to you. We need to know what you want us to talk about next. So tell us. Get to the forums. www.d20radio.com slash forum. Email us. GM Chris, GM Dave at d20radio.com. Call the loose line. Dave? 206-600-5872. And uh, espouse your, your belief in what you'd like to be uh, talked about next. Maybe... Maybe leave us a liner. Maybe. Maybe. Tell us why you never listen to the old 66 podcast. Yes. Maybe. Yes. Ah, love it. Dude, quick show tonight. I mean, today. Yeah. This, yeah. Good know, show today. Good show. This thing that this we did thing. in an hour and 20 minutes. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, you know, post show is probably going to kick it up a notch. But. Yeah, maybe. You maybe. I know you have to get ready for Rush, you dink. Dink. I love you, brother. Give me a cocktail. That's just not right. Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, thank you all for the questions and the liners. Absolutely love it. Keep them coming. Uh, Yeah. It was a a good thing. And, uh, of course, remember, while you're out there, uh, you know, surfing inner tubes, head over to mapsofmastery.com and check out the wonderful work. And, uh... Get yourself a nice map for your next campaign. A nice map. A good map. A wholesome map. One that will give you years of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Years and years of enjoyment. That's right. So, yeah. So, uh, why don't we say good night? Good night, Gamer Nation. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. And this is GM Dave saying keep them dice rolling. Ron, and I never listened to the Order 66 podcast, because if I did, my head would explode of awesome. See, that's how a liner is done. Right there. Boom. That just happened. D20 Radio, where gamers roll www.d20radio.com. This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. Post.
show. the chat room is, you know, it's like night, and Lewin Sewell's like, well, it's not night, man, it's almost noon. Depends on where you are. Yeah, exactly, because well done, well done, well done, well done, well done. Well done. Well done. Says, hey, it's midnight here, <laughs> 13 hours ahead of uh, the Order 66 proper, which would put him, what, in Australia? Probably, yeah. So. I love having international listeners. You guys are awesome. That's right, man. So, so awesome. So I know. Cool. I know. We've got lots from across the pond, both directions. So, oh, ah. I love it. Yep. Dude, Rush. Rush. Are you excited? Rush, Rush. Yeah, I've been listening to Rush like uh, in the car the whole time off the iPod for a week. Just getting ready for Rush. Because, getting ready for Rush. Yeah. Just nothing. Nothing is, you know. I mean, I just, dude, just can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm a, okay, okay. Rakesh is in the chat room saying I'm Canadian. I'm technically international. Yeah, technically, we ignore yeah. NAFTA, yeah, the whole NAFTA thing and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, because you know, in like ten years, like our little country is going to get so imperialistic, we're just going to annex Canada. <laughs> it's just going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rakesh. Look at that. <laughs> Fiddleback says Canada, America's hat. <laughs> so, oh, would man. that make Mexico America's socks? <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dono. I'm not going to say that on the air. Nope, not going to do it. Oh, Rocky says Canada's bigger and we're on top. This prison, US would be our bleep. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> oh man. Is it, well, what does that make Florida then? It was Florida America's. Uh... <laughs> oh god. Wow, and do you imagine the kind of earthquake if Florida became excited? <laughs> tidal waves. Wow. Massive tidal waves would reach all the way to Europe and take out, you know, uh, Portugal. That's what would happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just what would happen. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there and say it. So, dude, I am. I, I mean, obviously, I, I was. We talked about it off the top of the show, but okay, you've seen this, this whole um, uh, Jedi Path book coming out, right? Oh yeah, you're so geeked out about this book. God, it's so cool. And like, and like the Vault Edition, like you said, it's got that case. It's like this, this like plastic metal looking case. Like, looks like something out of Star Wars that houses the book. And you, you push the button, and it goes, and like the doors open, and the book rises up out. It's like, oh my god, must own. Here is credit card. <laughs> oh man, must own now. 
must own now. Oh God! So I, I've spent the last um, speaking of Star Wars paraphernalia. I've spent the last couple of days helping uh, GM Chance, Chris Bradshaw, um, many time guest on our show. Uh, move because you know he moved to Dallas. Yes, indeed. And uh, he got this wicked place. Um, uh, he got he got a loft at Mockingbird Station. Um, like right down there in Uptown. Uh, like oh, he got an awesome place. And helping him move and unload his stuff, just the sheer amount of Star Wars paraphernalia this man has makes me a little weak in the knees. I'm just going to say right now. You're going to just say right now? Yeah, I'm just going to say right now. It makes me a little weak in the knees. It's like, you know, it's probably not a good idea that I know where you live and that you have all this stuff in your apartment. I'm just going to oh. say that it's probably not a good idea because temptation is terrible. And I don't want to be tempted to do something. You, you know? realize now that dude could, like, put everything in a storage facility and then call the cops and blame you. Probably. Probably. You know? Pro- yeah, probably. You know, maybe renter's insurance. Do a whole renter's insurance thing. You know? <laughs> <sighs> then you could get double the collectibles. Double the fun. Let's see, look at that. Now you're advocating two types of illegal Two, two types of criminal activity. Yes. <laughs> Golly, dude. Oh, man. I'm evil. I'm bad. I'm going to the hot place, aren't I? Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a punch your ticket to the hot place. Oh, I know. Ah, I know, I know. So I'm trying to see what else am I super excited about, man? I'm trying trying to steal your thunder because I'm like trying not to get pissed off about the fact that you're going to rush today. Um you get to go watch 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 Getty Lee Getty Lee. Uh <laughs> hopefully it won't be so windy so they'll be able to do their pyro and stuff. Yeah, I hope so. But uh that's what I've I've heard the show is very good. They do. It's this giant tribute to moving pictures, uh, uh, and uh, CD of yesteryear, and so they'll play all the songs on the album. But you know, some also some new stuff. Two new songs that have yet to be released that will be on the tour. Uh, yeah. So they're then that album I think is not slated until beginning of next year to come out. So we'll get a little bit of a a head start. And hear those two tracks, so that'd be fun. Kind of blows and, me away that Rush is still releasing new music. That's awesome. I know, dude. They're almost sixty. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's like the Rolling Stones. You know, older yeah. those guys. So you know, and Kiss. We saw Kiss last weekend. So you know, those guys are old too. I mean, you know, it's it's it's, it's the rockers that never quite get old. They rock and roll. You know, they. You know. Rock and roll all night and party every day, pretty much. Aye. That's right. Because when the love doctor is about to speak. <laughs> Call me Dr. Love. Call me Dr. Love. Ow. I know. That's what I'm talking about. Right there. <laughs> oh, man. So, oh, hey, okay, one of the pieces of news. So, like, um, I know we talked about before that I'm, I'm getting, finally I'm getting my own mixing board, right? <clears throat> yes, I heard about that. I heard new mixing board for Chris. I, I'm getting a, I'm getting a, this new mixing board, but like the company that I ordered it from is all about, um, you know, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we can't ship it till October. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, you know, I know a guy that has these really badass dark side force powers, and I bet he could get it done early. What What do you think, there, mystery guest? Hello, babies. I make it happen for you. <laughs> Hello, Sam Whitworth. How are you? I use the force for you, babies. Right, babies? 
Yes, yes, he knows. This guy knows. Yes, please. Uh huh. This is, this, is, this is like a combination of like Desi Arnaz and like Palpatine. It's very strange. I... <laughs> <laughs> hey, babies, everything happened, babies, happened because I say so, babies, okay? Darth Ricky? Darth, it's true. It's like, your friends on the moon, babies. They're walking through some uh, some bad stuff, okay? Oh, what bad stuff. Oh, boy. Wow. Entire legion of my babies waiting for your babies. <laughs> <laughs> what's up? Dude, you know, what's awesome is you've got... This is what happens when I just wake up. I just woke up and I wander in the room like, Hey, want to come on? I'm like, sure. Let's do it, babies. <laughs> what's up? What are we talking about? Let's talk about, let's talk about some Star Wars, man. What's up? <laughs> Oh, God. oh yes, babies. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? Are we, are we live? Are we are we recording? Or is that we, just... we are we are we are live in post show, sir? Oh, I see. Cool, perfect timing. <laughs> what did we talk about today? We talked about the Vanguard Prestige class. Ooh, the Vanguard. Yes. Vanguard. The, 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 the marine. The marine recon of the Star Wars world. Okay, awesome. I've got. Okay, in the chat, Fiddleback says, okay, so if we have Darth Ricky, so what, Vader becomes Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> How would it what so, would that sound like? Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Or like, you know, when she gets really disappointed, whatever, I don't know. <laughs> ah. And the whole, like, yeah, that's Fiddleback says, the whole, the whole chocolate conveyor belt thing becomes much more complicated. <laughs> very, very complicated issue. Yeah. Oh, well, is, I'm, I'm trying to find the uh, see, I'm half asleep. So where, where's that? Where's that link where I get to see the chat room? Where is oh, that? I'll send it to you, sir. Because I'm just that kind of guy. Yeah. How many times have you guys sent me that link? Like a million times. But this time I have an excuse. Half my brain isn't working yet. So you know how it is. Oh, there it is. See, I'm, I'm good like that. The, yeah, there it is. See, how perfect. <laughs> yes. How are so, you guys doing? What's going on with you? We're, we're, I'm just, I'm, I'm pissed off at Dave because we're recording this super early because he's, he gets to go to the Rush concert in Dallas tonight. No way. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Me and Chuck used to play, uh, for many shows, we played YYZ and stuff. Oh, yes. See, yeah. that's, that's Moving Pictures right there. That's the number two track on Moving Pictures, and that's like supposed to be the, the big thing that they're doing, this tribute to Moving Pictures tonight. Mm. So That's I, I find whenever I talk to like I talk to a random person on the street and I'm like, hey, do you like Rush? It's like, uh, okay, who, who's Rush again? What do they do? And then I talk to a musician, and it's like, yeah. do you like Rush? And it's like, I'm the biggest Rush fanatic you've ever heard of. Of course, it's yeah, because they're they're they're. I mean, yeah, they're they're just incredible in terms of what they're able to pull off. We we learned YYZ if only to try to get a little bit of credit to sort of ride on Rush's coattails and say, hey, we can play it too. You know, but we didn't play it as well as they did. <laughs> or you know, wait, I'm going to say I think I think my drummer and Chuck played it damn well. I faked my way through it and and, and got away with it too. People were like, "Oh my god, he's a really good bass player." I'm like, "Yeah, you're. A, I'm a liar." But that's <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But that's cool, man. That's going to be really fun. Oh, dude, it's going to be a fantastic show. And it, 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 it's supposed to be, we've got this cold front coming through, so it's finally gone from Texas hot to a very, very seasonal 75 degrees. And it's just going to be a beautiful evening for music. 
But of course it's a beautiful evening for me. I could have told you that yeah. from here, man. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's the perfect evening for music. By the way, Weldon, you can get it at www.cdbaby.com. Someone was saying they can't get a hold of Colorful of the Stereo, but my my record. Um, you can get it at, at cdbaby, www.cdbaby.com, and you can also get it on iTunes by typing in the crash tones. Um, then it is yours. It is all yours. The, if you get the actual uh, physical copy, though, it has all the lyrics. And since I'm such a mumbly, uh, mumbly man, uh, you may you may need that. I don't know. It's totally up to you. Oh, see, he's in Perth, Australia. Oh, dude. Okay. Well, do they do, do they do iTunes there? Yeah, you get electronic probably. copies of it. Yeah, probably. yeah. That's probably the yeah. best way to do it. Yeah, probably the way to do it. Yeah, as Phil Max says, <laughs> suggesting that as an actor, I don't need speaking skills, and he's he's right. He's right. He's got a good point. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes. Um, um, so, what else has been going on? How's the How's the baby? She's she's a baby. <laughs> um, she's great. She's doing stuff that the doctor says she's not supposed to be doing yet. So that's a, that's always heart heart heartening. Well, she, she's a genius. She, is she dating already, or what is it? <laughs> yeah, she's pregnant. Actually, it's really. Extreme. Oh my god, babies uh, having babies. Uh, <laughs> no, it's stupid stuff. Like she's she's tracking. Okay, she's not supposed to be able to do that yet. She's she's tracking resp- songs. Like oh right, yeah. Like yes, 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 yes. Uh, you know, she's 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 responding to um, emotional stimuli. Like when you smile at a baby and they smile back at you because you smiled at them. That actually is something that takes time for them to learn how to do. Ah, um, mental process. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it's stupid stuff. We're so excited. It's like, oh god, she smiled. Oh, she's a genius. And I know that's stupid. <laughs> but hey, I, I, I clap and I go, oh yeah, my baby's awesome. My baby's going to rule the world. My baby's going to be the next fascist dictator to you know threaten humanity. This is going to be awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be great, man. Like one of us has got to come up with a baby that's the next fascist dictator. Otherwise, we've all failed, right? Pretty Absolutely. Much. That's that's pretty much. Uh, you know, I'm I'm already looking into homeschool options with my uh, own personalized curriculum. Um, <laughs> nice. With a lot of D twenty games. Yeah. Uh, you totally. know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of reeducation and uh, uh, adjusted world history. Um, you know, of course. Yes. Uh, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of linguistics. You know, the beast must be able to speak all languages. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. She she must be able to speak to to say in all tongues uh, that that uh, you know the world is doomed and that the, the new order is coming. By the way, yes. uh, Fiddleback makes a good point. He goes, "Is she making a four E character yet?" And basically, uh, that's a good point because, dude, that's not easy to do. Yeah, you pretty much have to be a genius to make a four E character. You pretty much have to be really freaking smart, dude. And and or or use it or use a uh, required online resource. Yes, <laughs> required online resource. <laughs> yes. That will go unnamed, but we'll just call it Character Builder for nah, damn it. Damn it. Oh, damn it. See, see what <laughs> you it. did. See what yeah. you did. That's the thing, man. I, I have a great program, by the way. I like Character Builder, but like, it is a little bit... Okay, look. I'm going to quote... I'm going to quote Will Wheaton when he says, yeah, it's a little bit of a shame that you can't really just sit down with the books and do it that way. Ooh. Ooh, that's a Ooh. Wheat quote. Oh, wow. Well, actually, yeah, no, I wonder if I'm getting you know, He works for them now, and I wonder if he's... Yeah. But he, he had such high marks for the game anyway, but that was one thing where he's like, ah, I miss laying around on the floor with my books and writing stuff down on paper. But, you know, paper is for Luddites and dead people, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and zombies. And zombies. Yeah, we do, we do all our gaming with iPads now, pal. Okay. Oh, dude. Do they have any iPad apps for that stuff yet? 
Oh, God. I mean, all, all you need is a... Yeah, yeah, there's lots out there. There's all kinds of crazy stuff out there. Um, not for 4E specifically, like license, no, but stuff you can use, yeah. When are um, they going to do that? When are they going to license some iPad apps so that you can do stuff like that? I don't know. They that's, need to get cracking on it. I mean, that's, uh, that's a question. That's some incremental revenue for them. That, that really is, is a lot of incremental revenue for them. I saw there were a lot of people who saw iPads being used uh, at, at Gen Con this past year. Guys just, you know, viewing PDFs of their character sheets or, you know, Word files or whatever. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Dude. I know. Yeah. Is that a good thing? What do you think about that? Oh, it depends on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking absolutely. to you, man. <laughs> what is it? Are, are you are you are you uh, insinuating that it's the first step toward the uh, non personalization of gaming? I maybe tell me what you think about that, sir. Well, I, I think that the virtual table is is you know obviously a very real possibility here in this day and age. But you know, is is the iPad and the accessibility of being able to have a virtual table going to eventually? siphon off the the personal is the the you know the personalization that comes with role playing game i don't think it ever will completely but i think it's going to erode into you know that gaming experience with your friends mm. Mm. maybe I, but as a tabletop i mean as a table side tool i think it's incredible i yeah <sighs> Listen, All right, go for it. No, go, go, go. You uh, want to no, do it. Uh, yeah, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a techno geek, and, and the idea of, of using an iPad and, you know, man, Chuck's whole touch table thing and all that, I'm just utterly, I am, I am, that makes, that makes my, that, that makes me stand at attention if you feel what I'm, what I'm saying there, if you pick up what I'm dropping. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, okay, it, I'm picking it, it up. It makes, it makes me, it makes me happy. I'm like, I think it's the most awesome thing ever, but at the same token, I think there's merit to literally spreading out your books on the floor with some graph paper and a couple pencils and an eraser and making your character. I have a lot of fond memories of doing that when I was younger. So I, I, I don't know. Um, what, 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 what am I going to teach my daughter to do? I, uh, you know, how is she going to go about it? I guess that's where, where, where my brain kind of uh, goes. By the time know? your daughter grows up, we're going to be playing RPGs telepathically, you know, flying cars yeah. and stuff. It, it, quite, quite, quite possibly. I mean, that's, that's a good point i guess but yep. i i don't know man it's it's like um i i use I, I try to use as much tech as i can that i'm able to i love using a laptop in the games i love using the sound you know music in the games e-meters using e-meters using e-meters yes yeah you know, <laughs> measuring, measuring my players feet and levels yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> your, char- your character is uncharacteristically high feet and levels um <laughs> nice your character is clear yeah, sorry. Clear, but this one's this one's really unhappy. Um, no, yeah, wait. <laughs> now, now it was now. What would my character's theme levels be if I made a character called Xenu? I'm going to get killed. I'm sorry. Let's not talk about this. <laughs> no, you're not going to get killed. You're going to get sued. Oh, you're right. I'm going to get sued. Um, anyway, you were saying. Well, no. It just uh, so I, I'm a fan of the tech, you know, and I'm all that. I mean, like I've I've run I've run a couple. I've been a part of a couple games entirely online. Um, before you came on, one of the things I was saying is that I'm, I'm finally going to get my mixing board in next month, which means that, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you know yeah. D, that way DJ, DJ 8-Bit's going to be hitting the, uh, hitting the clubs in Dallas for show, not really, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm planning on running my first ever Skype-only game using map tools, Dude. Um, and just actually running it, running it, 
And like, there's I've been talking working with a buddy, and there's like with Map Tools, there's a, a, a Java integration that you can plug right in, specifically written for Saga Edition. Somebody made it, so we can display the character sheets. It tracks damage appropriately, and all the modifiers and everything else. Uh, you know, uh, but Which everyone part- everyone can see it. Dude, so. yeah, my my argument because Chuck wanted to use some of that when we were doing the. Uh, the, uh, the the gaming Galena, but my argument was: look, we're all here, but let's concentrate on what we have to concentrate on. Like we don't we don't need to do that now. If we were online, doing all that is extraordinarily yes. useful, you know. Yeah, but yes, yes. But you know, dude, if you're if dude face to face, there's no point. Face to face, there's no point. But doing it online, do it yes. online. Yeah, yeah. Why the hell not? I'm yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. He is just saying. He's he just he's just saying, and he just said. I know. Basically. Bam. I'm not Man. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. So, so here's the thing, and I've said this before, and I, I'll say it again. Now, I, I, we have now, me and my boys, we have a, a running 4E game. It's not, you know, it's not our flagship Star Wars game, but it's a fun thing we do on the side when not everyone can make it, um, like over the holidays and stuff. And and you know, we really enjoyed it. I, I really like it. I've, I've got all the books, and I've, I've been. You know, for example, I've been digging into the, to Dark Sun, which I had no idea what that was beforehand. But Rodney's done oh. a great job on that, and you know, there's some great stuff. Um, I will still say I prefer, in terms of, I, I think Saga Edition took it about as far as you should in terms of its, uh, in terms of its complication. You know, like there's there's a lot of depth there, there's a lot of complication, but I I still you still can have pieces of paper, you can still work it out, you can still sit down and. And geek it out with a pencil, and uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I still say Saga went as far. A lot know. of people agree with you. I mean, yep. well, and one of the one of the things before you came on, we were talking about next week. We had a question um, from a listener that was prompting a whole show topic. We're going to talk about taking the Saga rules and stripping them out to use them in other systems, not just Star Wars. Yes. So playing a Saga fantasy game or a Saga modern game or horror or Cthulhu mythos or whatever. Um. I think it's an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, because there's there's a lot of people that are doing it. Um, heck, I'm doing it. <laughs> so yeah. you know, well, do, yeah, do people I mean, know about that, Chris? Can we talk about that? Uh, about uh, about the the fantasy setting? Yeah, the thing you sent me. Um, yeah, well, it's 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 not quite done yet, but I, I've mentioned it before. But um, yeah, here here in the next gosh couple of weeks, I should have that final. I should have it f- completely finalized. I've been working on this for a couple of years now. Is yeah, taking Saga and turning it into a fantasy game. Um, and you know, turning it into a fantasy setting, you know, making a few alterations here and there, and go. And yes. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I know I, I sent you a preliminary copy, Sam, and there's even been a few changes yes. made since then. But I mean, what what were your opinions? How do you see it playing out? I thought it was great. I mean, you know, to to be totally honest, and and yeah, look, there there are places for. I, again, I I don't dislike what they did with with Dungeons and Dragons. Now that I've played it, now that I've spent some time with it, but. You know, I do kind of wish that that they'd done something like what you did, you know, because I think you can actually, I don't know, I think you can get someone who's totally a beginner into that. I think, I, you know what I mean? I don't think it's too complicated. I, 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 that is my honest belief, and, and this is, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think you did a good job, and I think it's, it's yeah, I don't know. Make any sense? Yeah. I didn't really. Yeah, that wasn't a terribly good answer, but no, that's how I, I well, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. It's like I think I think one of the benefits of fourth edition is the fact that it was designed to be able to appeal to brand new players. You know, that it was easy to pick up, that it was easy to do. But now that with the system bloat and everything that's out there, it, it's like you said off the top. It, is that is that even possible anymore? 
I don't know. I don't know I either. I don't know either. I but, here's here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that if you have a week to formulate your thoughts and come back on the show next week when we talk about this stuff, uh, this would be uh, a great discussion to have. I see what you're saying. Well, let me think. Uh, next, what am I doing? Um, are you guys are you guys doing it early? Because early ain't bad for me. That's not a good. It's not a bad thing for me. We could. I don't know. Is the answer there? Because I don't know what my daughter's soccer schedule is. Hold on, I can check though. I see. Um, I have. What do I? What do I got? Well, okay, I got this this damn TV series. <laughs> but but well, let me look up this. Uh, what do they call it? A schedule. Let me look up that. Ah, the schedule. As we, schedule. As we schedule. Yes. Yeah, so are you still in Toronto? Uh, I am. Uh, I shoot in, in Montreal right now. I'm in oh, LA. Montreal. That's where you are. Yeah, okay. but I'm in LA like right now for a second, uh, doing some work on. By the way, I, I, let me just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pimp this, even though no one's gonna see it for a while. I I was doing a little bit of uh, ADR work on a film that I did called The Return of Joe Rich, and I'm. That movie still has, as far as I'm concerned, real potential. I've now seen some rough cut stuff of it, and I'm really happy about it. It's basically about a Star Wars Star Trek geek played by me, um, who loses everything in the recession and decides to join the mafia. Nice. And it's shot like a mafia movie. It really looks like The Godfather. In fact, Talia Shire plays my mom. You know, Connie Corleone. She's right there, and uh, and I go to my uncle Armando Sante uh, to uh, to get into the. Uh, the mafia, but like I've I've now seen some of this movie that I shot almost a year ago in Chicago, and um, it, it might actually be really fun because it's this you know it's like The Godfather, but they got the wrong guy to be Michael Corleone. Like he's this you know <laughs> this guy who probably played D and D and like <laughs> you know totally into Star Trek, and you know he'd be like all right all right so we're gonna go in there and, and okay just 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 remember Captain Kirk and the Gorn we have to get him that by surprise we have to go in there fast you know so That's he's he's not. Funny. He's not the right guy for this, but he goes through some really. It's a it's a dark comedy, and it's pretty funny, Dude. and I get to be very goofy in it. Um, so, and I have you know what's what's hilarious is I have this 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 hair in it. We designed the hair. We sat down and we we like pulled up pictures of Frank and Dean from the '60s and all these mobsters, and so we're like you know what would this guy design his hair like when he decided to join the mafia? So we created this like pompadour like grease greaser style. Uh, <laughs> But then we, but then we also pulled up a picture of Shatner. So we pulled it, we put a little bit of Shatner in the front, you know, Captain Kirk. Um, <laughs> so, so he's walking around. Like the whole key to how this guy looks in the movie is that you can't decide whether he looks really good or he's just totally ridiculous. So that's that's the return of Joe Rich. I was very happy about that. And then, and then I go to San Francisco and do some promotion for um, this little game called Star Wars: The Force uh, Unleashed Two. Do the deuce. Yeah. Which is uh, re- looking ridiculously awesome right now. It's uh, yes, 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 dude. Okay, so about three o'clock is about as early as with my daughter's soccer. About as early as I can do it next Sunday. Three o'clock. Okay. Gosh, as, let me see. As early or as late? That's as early as I can because her game is at eleven thirty. Ah, okay. Eleven thirds, as they say. Um, let me That's see right. if I can. I'm still looking for these. Uh, Maybe two. E- Maybe two. I don't Maybe know. We'll this see. is a discussion we can have offline. Yeah. Yeah, let's have a discussion Absolutely. offline. Let's have this. Yeah, we will try and see figure I, it out. I, I used an IT term there. Did you see that? Offline, I, I yeah. used an IT business Bam. term there. That see, was... that's what... Oh, dude. Well done. Sam, man, thanks for popping in and saying hi, man. Yeah, no Even problem. though I know you just barely woke up from your 
hectic shooting schedule. And if you, if you, hopefully you join us next week, we can talk about more of your stuff that you can talk about. Yeah. Oh, knowing uh, stuff and also, can't. let me just say, uh, being human is looking really good. I've, I've seen some stuff, and it looks really good. Yes. 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 Okay. I'm very happy about how that's going. In fact, I'm, I'm having the time of my life on that show, So, which is not always the case with me. Sometimes I get very disgruntled and unhappy, but this is not you? the case. No. No. No, no. No, no. Never seen it. No. Never seen it. Happen. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But it's, it's, yeah, I'm very proud of what's happening on that show. So we'll see. Awesome. Yes. We will look forward to that next week, sir, I hope. Okay, babies. All right. Yep, back to the babies. We begin as we end. That's right. So we end as we begin. So Yes. 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 Good night, Gamer Nation. Good, good night. night. Yeah. And good luck.